0: If you brought your Bibles, and I hope that you have, turn with me to Job chapter 23. Job chapter 23. Job is right there before uh, the book of Psalms. Uh, it's spelled Job, but it's pronounced Job. Uh, one thing interesting about uh, Job is uh, most biblical scholars believe that it is the oldest uh, of, uh, book in the, in the Bible written, meaning that it was the complete book. Was predates the rest of them as far as in its entirety of course there's no doubt that portions of Genesis is, is even older but uh, but the whole book as far as a whole complete book most biblical scholars uh, believe that Job was the first one uh, and so that's, that's interesting uh, real quick I, I'll give you a minute longer to find Job chapter 23 I want to say something right now while I've got your attention um, I'm going to I want to ask a favor of you. Not anything about the service this morning, but about tonight. Uh, I'm going to preach revival at Gardner Church. It's down south of Ava. Revival starts tonight. I start preaching it tonight. One, I'm asking pray. Pray for me, pray for the church, pray for the revival effort, pray for those that come out, uh, and keep us lifted up in prayer all week. Uh, The other favor I want to ask of you is tonight. If there's any way that you can, come back here and support our services here. Brother Charles Felker is going to come and preach for you tonight. uh, And Brother Charles will do a good job. Uh, you You might come listen to him and walk away and decide he's a better preacher than I am. And that's okay if you do. (laughs) <laughs> uh, that That's not why you come anyways. You don't come because you think the preacher is good or not, or not good. You come because you want to hear from God. You come because you want to sit at the feet of the master uh, and, and hear from the Lord. Uh, you come because he is worthy of our worship. And that's what you want to do is give him the worship and the praise that he alone deserves. But anyways, t- tonight, uh, if there's any way you can. And I know it's getting dark early and it's rainy out and, and all of that uh, we've got a bus and we've got a good bus driver and if you'd like to uh, and there's not a lot that ride it on Sunday night so if you'd like to you'd like a ride you just let James know and he'll come right to your door and pick you up or maybe right to your driveway he might not pull up in your yard but anyways he, he, but he'll come get you if you need a ride but anyways if you can come back and, and support our services this week and of course or tonight I mean and then of course uh, this week if uh uh, if you want to come and support the revival, I know it's quite a ways down there. You can talk to Jennifer or, or me, and we can give you directions and, and would love to have you. Uh, and then Wednesday night, uh, Bible study here. Dinner, or, yeah, dinner at 6.30, Bible study at 7. Uh, and the subject is going to be earthquakes, and that's going to be interesting. And so uh, you be here and be a part of that. All right, that, hopefully that's giving you enough time to find Job chapter 23. I want to begin at the first verse. It says, Then Job answered and said, Even today is my complaint bitter, my stroke is heavier than my groaning. Oh that I knew, oh that I knew were I might find him, that I might come even to his seat. I would order my cause. Before him and fill my mouth with argument, I would know the words which he would answer me and understand what he would say unto me. Will he plead against me with his great power? No, but he would put strength in me. There the righteous might dispute with him. So should I be delivered forever from my judge. Behold, I go forward. But he is not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him on the left hand. Where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand, that I cannot see him. But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot hath held his steps, his way have I kept. And not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. But he is in one mind, and who can turn him? And what his soul desireth, even that he doeth. For he performeth a thing that is appointed for me, and many such things are with him. Therefore am I troubled at his presence. When I consider I am afraid of him. For God maketh my heart soft, and the Almighty troubleth me, because I was not cut off before the darkness, neither have he covered the darkness from my faith my face. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just humbly come before you here this morning. We thank you, Lord, for the good day and for the many blessings. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity And we just pray right now, Lord, that you would just move in our midst in a mighty way. God, you know the needs, you know the hearts of each one that is here. There is nothing that is hidden from you, nothing that you do not see, nothing that you don't know, no surprises. God, you know what's in our hearts. You know the thoughts that dwell in our minds. You know the difficulties that we face. You know the ones we have faced, the ones we're facing right now the ones that are still ahead of us. So Lord, I ask here this morning that you would move in our lives and in our hearts in a mighty way. God, that you'd stir us up to follow you. God, that you would encourage us in our trials and in our difficulties. God, that you would just uh, do what only you can do and we'll be sure to give you every bit of the glory for it. So Lord, I pray specifically for this service here this morning. First of all, above everything else, if there's any that's lost and undone, any that don't know you, any that have fallen, any that have strayed away, any just not sure where they stand with you, whatever that may be, God, I pray that today would be the day that they would seek you until they find you. God, that they would repent. If there's anything that's coming between them and you, anything standing in their way of their walk with you, God, that they would repent of it, get it out of the way, that they would turn to you, that they'd put their trust and faith in you before it's everlasting too late. And I pray, Lord, that... would lift up and encourage those that need to be lifted up and encouraged pray Lord we know you're the great physician that you'd give the healing touch to those that stand in need of a touch from you so Lord I'm asking here this morning that you'd help me get out of the way help all of us to get out of the way and let you be God of this service here this morning and Lord I need your help I can't preach lest you give it to me So clear my mind of everything but your message, your thoughts, your words. Help me to focus on you and you alone and pleasing you and no one else. Place on my tongue the very things that you'd have me to say. Lord, my heart's desire is for everyone to leave here knowing that they have heard from you. And God, that for what I preach, for it to come from you through my spirit to theirs. And God, that you would use it to minister to each one. Lord, we know your word will not return void. So, Lord, I'm asking for a filling of your Holy Spirit. I'm asking for your your holy unction. Lord, I'm asking for you to move in a big way here this morning. And we'll be sure and give you all the glory for it because we love you. We worship you. We praise your holy name. We ask it all in the precious and holy name of Jesus. Amen. Can I just say this right up front? No one enjoys trials. No one enjoys difficulties and trials and things like that. Uh, it just goes against our fleshly nature. Our, our fleshly nature wants to be, you know, our flesh, right? Our, our natural human desires, right? We want things to be easy, right? We want, we want things handed to us. We, we want to not have to work for things, not have to fight for things, not have to suffer through things. That is just our nature, But what we need to understand is that sometimes God permits us to go through things. Those are called trials. And it's so that you might come forth as gold. That's what Job said here, right? Job is going through quite a trial, right? And so you might even call this um, the purification process right? It, it refines us as Christians. It Going through these things help draw us closer to God. It helps us get rid of the, the junk in our lives, and it makes us stronger, and it glorifies God. And this is exactly what happened to Job. Now, I, I've always enjoyed the book of Job. Um first two chapters and last chapter being my favorites, but I mean, I've always enjoyed the book of Job, and I'll try to just give it to you in a nutshell here, all right? The scripture I read to you as part of Job's response, actually chapter 23 and 24, is one of Job's responses to his, one of his friends. His friends had spouted off some nonsense, and, and this is part of, or this is part of Job's response to it. But now, just so we're on the same page, in case you're not familiar with the book of Job or who Job is, Job was a man uh, who was greatly blessed of God. And he was described, right? If you go back to Job chapter one, right? He is described, God describes him as being perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. Now, when it says that he's perfect, it's just meaning that he sought after God, that he tried to be godly and godlike and and, and all of his uh, things that he did and said. It doesn't literally mean that he was that he was without flaw, because that wouldn't be the, that wouldn't be true at all. But anyways, God says he is perfect and upright, right in his generation. He feared God and he eschewed evil. Eschewed means that he stayed away from, he avoided evil. And during a time in Job's life, when he was enjoying prosperity when things, everything seemed to be going really good for Job. Bible says the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. Now, when Satan appears before God, God asks him what he's been up to. Now, I, I always say this, if I talk about Job or preach on Job or anything, I always make this clear because I want you to know this. First of all, God doesn't ask Job, or not Job, but Satan what he's been up to because God doesn't know what he's been up to, right? It, it, it's not like when one of my kids get home and I don't know where they've been or what they've been doing and I ask them what they've been up to because I don't know and I want to know. It's not like that at all. God knows exactly what Satan has been up to. As a matter of fact, I think that's the reason he said it is to make it clear. I know where you've been and I know what you've been up to. I always think it's funny uh, Satan's reaction to that. Right? Say, Satan says he's been going, he's been walking up and down and, and uh, to and fro. I think is how it says it. You know, in other words, he's been out wandering around, walking around. I always think about. Um, uh, do you remember that old movie, and it's hard for me to say old because it just seems like the other day, but Crocodile Dundee, you remember that? Do you remember what he said that he was, on, he was on walkabout, right? That's basically what Satan is saying there. He's been on walkabout. And then God says something interesting, something that might even strike you as peculiar. God says, have you considered my servant Job? Now, for a long time I read that and I thought... Man, God's just setting Job up there for, for Satan to come after him, right? I mean, why would he, why would he say that? Why would, why would he just all of a sudden throw Job out there, right? Literally like throwing him to the lions, you know what I'm saying? I mean, the Bible says that the, the old devil, right, he's our adversary, and we better be weary because he walketh about as a roaring lion seeking whom you may devour. What is that, 1 Peter 5, 8, I think? Anyways... God says to Satan, I mean immediately, that's how the conversation goes. You get home this afternoon, turn over to Job chapter 1, start reading there. Uh, The sons of God, which is referring to the angels, right? They are there, the picture is like God's court, you know? And all of a sudden, here is this interloper, right? Here is this one figure that doesn't belong, Satan, shows up there in the midst and God says, Hey, old boy, what have you been up to? And Satan says, Oh, I just, eat like Crocodile Dundee. I just been out on a walkabout. Baloney. <laughs> he's lying. That's why God says immediately. Next thing God says, God doesn't say, Well, you ain't been up to no good or anything. No. God calls him out. God says, Have you considered my servant Job? And immediately, Satan's response is not, hmm, that name sounds familiar. Seems like I ought to know who he is. That ain't how Satan responds. Satan immediately, go over there and read it this afternoon. Satan immediately, you can feel the tone in there. It's an angry response. I can't quote it to you, but I can give you the gist of it. Satan just says, oh yeah, he's blessed, he's doing great because you've got a hedge bill around him. What he's saying is, is, you know, God's got his hand on him, protecting him, blessing everything that Job touches. And that's Satan's angry response. He gives it all away right then. He'd been trying to get at old Job and God hadn't let him. That's the game. So, Satan tells God, "Said so you take his hand off of you take your hand off of him, right? You lift that head's protection. Let me at him for just a little bit, and he'll curse you to your face." God said, "All right, have at it, old boy." God won't let him touch Job, but he takes his hand off of Job's stuff. I mean he's got a he he we'd call it a big farm around here. He's got a lot of livestock. He's got cattle and oxen and sheep, you name it. He's got a lot. He's got a big family. He's a very, very wealthy man. In in the matter of a day, he loses it all. And Job chapter two. You've got this the picture is like. God's court, and and here it is before him again. And this same intruder, interloper, Satan shows up. And God says, so what do you think? (laughs) What do you think? Satan's angry. And that's where he uses the phrase skin for skin. He says, look, you take your hand off of him and let me at him and touch him physically his body his health he says a man will give anything for his health I ain't part of my sermon but if you don't believe that's true look at our health care industry today they know they know that we'll give everything that we own give, spend every dime that we have mortgage everything sell everything try to save our health, and that's why they charge what they do, but anyways, so that's what, so that, that, that's, that was for free there, so that's what God is getting at here with Satan, and he says, and he says, fine, Satan, you can have at him, but you just can't kill him, that's where I'm drawing the line, one thing to understand through all of this is Satan could only go as far as God would allow him to go, that was the line that God drew, you, you, you can take his health, right, you can afflict his health, but you can't kill him. And so the Bible says that he, that he afflicted Job from, uh, from the, with um, boils from the bottom of his feet, from the soles of his feet to the crown of his head. His wife even, I can see her throwing the door open and saying uh, you know, here he is, he's out there in the dust and he's scraping his old boils and and what a pathetic mess he was and and I can see his wife throwing the screen door open as she says, why don't you just go ahead and curse God and die? He responds and he responds correctly. He, he, He says, you talk as a fool. How in the world can we accept good things from God and and, and not accept when when hard times come too. Job's friends, which the, book, the bulk of the book of Job is his conversation with his friends, they show up, they do the best thing they can right off the bat, right? They see how bad his grief is, they see how bad things is, and they come and they just sat with him for seven days and nights and don't say a word. Listen to me, if, you, if you've if you got somebody, friends or something that's going through something, that's one of the best things that you can do. They mess up when they start talking. And the bulk of, of the book of Job is them spouting out all kinds of nonsense, trying to figure out why this might happen, speculating on why this might happen, uh, and basically basically accusing Job of he had to have not been as good as, as everybody thought he was, he had to have not been as righteous as, as he appeared to be or let on like he was, had to have sinned, had to have been something wrong. But you see, Job did not know what was everything that was going on. He didn't know what, what was going on between Satan and God. He did not know uh, that he was being, I don't know how else to say this, put on display, so to speak, right, by God, to show how someone could lose everything and still honor God through it all. But that's exactly what Job did. And look, Satan what he was doing is he's out there he's looking to prove God a liar. I mean, Satan went after Job, perhaps greater than uh, you know or how do I want to say this? With, with probably with greater fury and intensity than he than he had any other living person before that. And he was doing it to try to make God a liar. But Job, he didn't. He did not fail God. And God certainly did not fail him. Job trusted in God. If you go through and read the whole book, you'll see that. Job trusted in God even when he did not understand why these things were happening to him. I love what it says in 1 Peter 1.7 where it says that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold uh, that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. One of the best things about going through trials is having the opportunity to allow Christ to be magnified Through the trials and through the suffering that we are experiencing. And just as it was with Job, it also allows us to be witnesses for God as we're going through these things. i got a couple quick points I want to make here this morning. First of all, Job says, and verse 10 is really where I'm focusing on. First part of verse 10, Job said, he knoweth The way that I take. He's talking about God. God knows the way that He goes, right? In other words, Job believed that God was around even though he could not see Him. If you back up and look at verse 9, really. Verse 8 in 9 where he says, Behold, I go forward, but he's not there and backward, but I cannot perceive him on the left hand uh, where he doth work, but I, uh, but I cannot uh, behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him, right? What he's saying is you look everywhere, right? Uh, up and down and left and right, and north, south, east and west, you know, all directions or whatever, but yet he couldn't see him. But he knew that he was there. And so, even though he couldn't see that God is working, he was. And almost every trial that we go through, honestly, from a distance, can look pretty bad. I heard a story. I oh, thought it was really good, and I'll try to do it justice. Telling it, true story. This man. Uh, he was a college professor. He may have even been the president, I think, of Kent State University at one point. Anyways, he talked about how whenever he was in 1941. Now, think about 1941, right? World War I, or not two, one, World War II. World War II begins for us in 1941 with the bombing of Pearl Harbor. 1941. He's a junior in college. He's hitchhiking across the country which back in that time was a lot more common than what it is now. And as he's approaching Mount Rushmore from 10 miles back he could see Mount Rushmore. And he recognized again from 10 miles back he recognized Washington and he recognized Lincoln. But in the middle between them there was a figure that to him, at 10 miles away, looked like Adolf Hitler. 1941, World War II. But when he got closer, what he thought was hair combed over um, a forehead became guide wires. And what looked like a mustache turned out to be scaffolding. What was Adolf Hitler at 10 miles away was actually Thomas Jefferson still under construction. I think his experience is an important lesson for everyone. Almost every major problem at a distance looks bad. But when you get up close to it, you can see that it's actually something very important that's still under construction. So here's what I want to say. As you're going through your problems, troubles, trials, just remember that God is doing something very wonderful. It's just still under construction. If, if we look at, at what I just read in verses 8 and 9, Job believed that God was, he says, aware of him, even though he could not touch him, even though that Job couldn't touch him. We've got to learn to trust God, even when it seems like God is nowhere to be around. I want to read to you Footprints in the Sand. You're probably all familiar with it. I've read it before, but it's so good. And I brought it, and I want to read it to you. One night I dreamed I was walking along the beach with the Lord. And many scenes from my life flashed across the sky. In each scene, I noticed footprints in the sand. Sometimes there were two sets of footprints. Other times, there was only one. This bothered me because I noticed that during the low periods of my life, when I suffered from anguish, sorrow, or defeat... I could, only, I could see only one set of footprints. So I said to the Lord, You promised me, Lord, that if I followed you, you would walk with me always. But I've noticed that during the most trying periods of my life, there, was, there has only been one set of footprints in the sand. Why? When I needed you most, have you not been there with me? The Lord replied, The times when you have seen only one set of footprints, my child, is when I carried you. I think that story illustrates very well that we're never alone. And the scripture says that. He won't leave us. He won't forsake us. uh, And so he's always there. Something else that Job says here in verse 10 is he said, when he hath tried me. Right? It's not, I want you to see real quick, it's not if trials come. But it's when trials come, right? Trials would not cause job to waver. That's why he says in verse 11, my foot hath held his steps, his way have I kept and not declined, right? Job was going to he was going to let God's steps be his steps no matter what, right? And with this being so, uh, he would not waver. And I'm telling you here this morning it takes courage to stand and it certainly takes courage to keep on walking when we're being tested or tried when we're going through our trials. But being a Christian, it does not insulate us. That's something so many preach in a false gospel. Being a Christian does not insulate us from trials. As a believer, you're going to be tested in the furnace. As it talks about or uses the illustration here. And many times, it's going to feel like they're cranking up the temperature on the furnace. Which is exactly what they're doing when they purify gold or precious metals. God does the same. But my prayer is that you won't waver when we enter the furnace of God's testings. Right? Look, Job's trials, they would, they would actually help him in time to worship God. Verse 12, Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. During his sufferings, Job said, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food, the the food that I need to eat in order to stay alive. Job had kept the laws of God even while he was being greatly t- tried I've seen people listen to me over the years I've seen people go through things and when they're going through things I've seen people uh, uh, quit church I've seen them uh, I've seen preachers quit preaching I've seen teachers quit teaching I've seen singers quit singing I've seen people when they go through uh, uh, these things quit Praying. I've seen people, whenever they go through financial trials, quit giving their tithes. I've seen, and lots of other things as well. And I'm telling you this morning even if you're being tried, whatever area it is, the area of your finances, then the question is are you going to continue to worship God through your giving? Are you going to continue? If God's called you to do something, are you going to continue to do it? Are you going to continue to come and worship him? I believe that if you keep trusting God, he'll keep taking care of you. And one last quick point, and I'll be done. Job said, I shall come forth as gold. Listen to me. Gold is a precious metal. It's a metal that cannot be destroyed by fire. As a matter of fact, the fire only makes it more pure. The fire uh, that tries us is there to make us pure, not destroy us. You know, it's been said that nearly 85% of all the gold that has ever been mined is still in use today. Job's trial is likened unto being tried in a furnace. Listen, gold is a very precious. And so also is the believer in God's eyes, the Christian in God's eyes. So when we're going through, or you're going through your trials, know that God is permitting it to happen so that you might come through or might come forth as gold tried and purified. Job knew, Job knew what he was going through was going to make him better, right? Trials should make us better, not bitter. The secret is for us to keep our eyes on Jesus. I believe that, that when our church goes through trials and it has It has before, right? It's going through them. Uh, It'll make us, as a congregation, as a church, it'll make us stronger during those times of testing or through them times of testing. Job had came to the conclusion that the trials were not there to punish him, but to teach him and test him. That's where his friends were so messed up in their thinking. They thought the trials were there to punish him. But Job understood that they were there to teach him and to test him. As a matter of fact, the word test is part of your testimony. And how you respond kind of reveals how you how you did on the test or how you were how you did when you were tested. And listen, Job certainly was not going to allow this to make him. Bitter. Look, going through things like this is to make us better, not bitter. When we we take our eyes off Jesus, and I think that's part of what the book of Hebrews warns us of and reminds us of, we can certainly become bitter, right? A root of bitterness, as the Bible talks about, will spring up and and trouble and defile us, and and it won't affect just you, it'll affect others, too. I mean, if Job would have failed in his test, it would not only have affected him, but it would have affected countless others as well. Listen, sometimes the Lord allows trials to come to us to teach us. Sometimes they they come to make us tender. Sometimes they come to toughen us. Yet when God allows it to be so, it's for the purpose of us coming forth as gold. When Job came through, right? You read the last chapter and you can see whenever everything turned for him when he prayed for his friends, right? When Job came through the trying time, God renewed him twofold. His last days were his greatest days. So let me just end with this. If we are nourished by the word of God and we will submit to God's will, that furnace experience, the fiery trials, painful as they might be, they will refine us and they will make us better. But if we resist God's will. And fail to feed on his word and his truth. And, and submit to him. That furnace experience. Instead of trying us and purifying us and making us better. It will burn us. And it will make us better. So. I want to ask you to stand to your feet. And I want to open the altar, and I want to give you the opportunity to come this morning whatever it is and whatever is going on maybe God's dealing with you about something maybe you're going through some things whatever it is, I want to invite you to come this morning, Spirit of God dealing with you, would you come this morning maybe you realize that you're not where you are, ought to be this morning, maybe you realize that you're not you're not saved, that you're lost and that you're undone I'm begging you, come this morning maybe you've been going through some things right, and, 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 and maybe you just need to come and you need a little encouragement from the Lord, whatever it is. Maybe there's some others, some people in your life, some people you know, about, you know, some people you care about who are going through their own trials. Would you come and pray for them this morning? Whatever the need is here this morning, don't you hold back and don't you wait no longer. Would you come? Would you come?